0: Hey, what's up? It's da Huff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored, episode 200. Yes, we'll get into that here in a second. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. Today's podcast is presented to you by the great people at Superbook Sports, Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton, and Blake Street Tavern. That's right, episode 200. Hit the fireworks! Beep! Oh, wow, that cost me $5,000. You're welcome. <laughs> Do you think I'd have a, an amazing open for this? No, that takes planning and effort. You know me. Oh, man, I got a lot coming your way today. This this episode could have easily been about five hours long, but I'm going to trim it up as much as I can. A lot of great stories to share with you and reminisce, and plus some new stuff. I have some guests joining the podcast as well so it's it's a lot of fun but it's it's interesting as I sit here at episode 200 and I go back and think about how this all started and that's just kind of mind-blowing because as of right now I'm sitting in my basement and I have a studio set up that my wife and I put together and, and it's great and it works well my wife is working upstairs so I don't bother her now that I'm in the basement But what's interesting is to think about how this started. So after 18 years at 104.3 The Fan, I left. And then I start doing a podcast. And what's crazy is I didn't have anywhere set up or let alone the equipment set up to do an actual podcast. So the first few episodes I did for this podcast, if you go back and listen, I'm in my garage doing those episodes. And it's so crazy. So basically, I had a microphone that I plugged into a recorder, and then I wrote down notes, uh, you know, very, very unorganized in a sense, my first few episodes, kind of shooting from the hip a a bit on those. And then as I evolved and the more I I did this, everything kind of, you know, I guess I should use the word evolved. It all evolved into a, a much more organized layout, and what what you would call a rundown of the shows. So things are a lot more organized now. And, you know, so I say the first few episodes were done in my garage. Then I advanced to the living room after approval from my wife. She's like, you can't be doing the podcast in the garage. People are going to walk by and they're going to be like, what the fuck is going on in the garage? Somebody call help. (laughs) There's a guy in there. He's obviously crazy. So I, so I started doing the podcast in the living room, which went on for quite some time. And then I want to say like maybe six months ago, we were able to move a lot of the stuff into the basement, clear out some room in the basement to designate an actual podcast area. I basically have a little corner of the basement, but it's perfect. There's enough separation between my wife and I where I'm not bugging her completely and she's not bugging me. And the only way she would bug me is like me constantly thinking, uh, I hope they didn't hear that in one of her meetings. (laughs) He got stabbed in the pussy. They're like, what was that? What? What's going on back there? So it's good. We have enough separation, which is great. I've also done plenty of episodes in my car. We were having work done on the house. We got carpet installed. We had painters at one point. So I had to go find different places to record and one time I was looking for a place. I found a a good spot at a Kohl's parking lot. And I'm on the side of Kohl's, not in the main parking lot, but like where the employees are. Then all of a sudden I'm in the middle of my episode and a dude just walks up in front of my car, pulls down his pants and starts peeing on a tree right in front of me. He had no idea I was there. And I believe right at the end he made, made eye contact with me. And I'm like, this is... Fucking awkward, but hilarious at the same time. So I don't know the last time you had somebody start peeing in front of you at your job, but it's happened to me. (laughs) It's happened to me. Not the first time, but it's happened to me while I did the podcast. So that was interesting. There was that one time I did an episode in my wife's car because I couldn't find a place to record and stupid me. It's hot outside and I would start recording in her car because where it was located, it just made sense. But the problem is it was so fucking hot. I was sweating so badly that the next morning there was still like a little puddle of sweat on the floor because uh, she has those rubber mats in her car. The seat was still moist and it smelled like a nasty locker room in there. Yeah, that was the last time I was allowed to do that. <laughs> not a not a smart idea to do that, but you know what? The show must go on. Okay, the show must go on. I've had a lot of great sponsors through through this. It, it's it's insane, but one of my favorites is this one. Are you having trouble pleasuring that special someone in your life? Are you bringing a wet noodle to a bat fight? Then get hard with Steel Rooster. (laughs) Your lover's going to be screaming cock-a-doodle-doo all night long. Side effects of Steel Rooster include bloody stool, vomiting, headaches, diarrhea, odd desire to bake cakes, back pain, and turning into a flesh-eating zombie. It's time to get hard with Steel Rooster. (laughs) Don't ask your doctor about Steel Rooster. It's not real. If you think it's real, you're an idiot. Yeah, dummy. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I was digging through all this stuff and I'm like, "Ooh, steel rooster. I remember that." We used to do that a lot when I worked with Scott Hastings and Alfred Williams. We'd do fake commercials all the time. I found one not too long ago, and it was something about like people that, you know, for upset stomachs. It was basically, if you have diarrhea, I don't know, it was stupid. It was really dumb. It's really dumb. But hey, you know what? if if you're not trying to laugh in life, then what what the fuck are you doing? Have fun and, and laugh like this classic moment. <laughs> are you lonely? Is your body aching to be touched? Oh yeah. Then you need the ultra realistic Scott, Scott DeHuff sex doll. Sex doll, sex doll. He'll Don't tell you lame jokes to break the ice. In. Did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? Great food, no atmosphere. <laughs> Do me. Then he'll turn up the heat with one of his many voices, including Cowboy.
1: Go ahead, take off my pants so my giant balls
2: can breathe.
0: Aussie DeHuff. You're quite the beat. Maybe you should go ahead and give me a
2: wristy. And Connery
0: the Huff. Let's just cut the bullshit. It's time to bang. It's the Scott the Huff sex doll. Act now and you can get a bonus pack of detachable phalluses ranging in sizes from... Is that a tootsie roll in your pants? All the way to... Sweet God Almighty, that thing is huge! The Scott the Huff sex doll. Uh, it's okay. <sighs> a boy can dream, right? To have his own sex doll. That would be weird. That would be weird to have your face on a sex doll. I do know that there are companies out there that want different faces for their sex dolls. And so whether you're a celebrity, like if you're in the porn industry, they'll try to use your likeness. But you could also sign up for your face to be on a sex doll. Kind of weird. I don't know if I would actually do that or not, but it would be it would be funny. Like you're dating somebody. Uh, you go on a blind date, and then she sees you for the first time, and she's like, you look really fam- – oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then come to find out she has one of your sex dolls. <laughs> then you got you guys could never have sex because it would be ruined for her. She just wouldn't enjoy it. <laughs> She'd be like, eh, you know what? Your doll's a little bit better. Has a lot more personality. I'll, I'll tell you this, too. When it comes to the podcast <laughs> – sorry, I'm stupid. I always try to dig deep for the stories and find as much information as I can. And sometimes I stumble upon stuff that nobody else has. Like when William Shatner went up in Blue Origin. Do you remember that? And I got audio that nobody else had.
2: What's going on? I'm floating in space.
0: Spock, we're uh, boldly going where only a few men have gone before. Hey, speaking of claiming to go only where a few men have
2: gone before, I banged your mother last night, and I'm certain she's had more than a few men.
0: Connery. Ah, You're welcome. That wasn't real audio. I know you thought it was, right until I just said, that wasn't real audio. Totally fooled you. I did fool you guys. I did. (laughs) No, I didn't. I didn't. I would like to think so. See, and that's the thing. Like, when I was in radio, I used to love teasing people with, dude, we got this secret audio and nobody else has this. And then you kind of tease people along. <laughs> and obviously, it's fake. But how fucking hilarious is that? You're not expecting that. No. Connery. You son of a bitch. I asked you guys leading up to this episode to submit any great stories that you wanted shared or maybe some great moments. Well, this one comes in from Paul, and I double-checked Paul's work on this, and he's 100% accurate with this, and it's a wild story. Paul wrote in, We were living in our old house in North Glen. I was working from home. Had the screen door open, and I heard a loud bang. I looked around, and I didn't see anything of it. I had no idea what it was. Then I heard a plane had hit a house in North Glen. It was only a few blocks away from us. Anyway, a friend of mine knew the pilot who walked away from the wreck. All that's fine and good, but the kicker to this whole story is that the pilot lived in the house six years before he crashed into it. (laughs) What? So the guy is flying his plane, And he has to make an emergency landing or he crashes or whatever. And he crashes into a home. The home that he used to live in six years prior. What the fuck is that shit? That's bizarre. And and Paul sent me a link on this. So I, I clicked on it. Then I searched some more stories out there. And sure enough, yeah, he's right. The guy used to live there. What are the fucking odds? And how scary for Paul to think about that he's just sitting at home working and all of a sudden a plane crashes into a home. I mean, any one of you, that I guess in a sense that could happen to any one of us. And that's just scary to think about. Now, I, I don't suggest you just live in an underground home. <laughs> like we need to just everybody live in the fucking basement. But, I mean, it is scary to think about and technically it could happen to anybody. Matthew in Lansing wrote, Hi, Stottie Boombody. I guess that's me. Glad to hear you're going to hit episode 200. I've listened to probably 30. Now, he sent this in when I first started promoting this, so uh, I'm guessing he's probably listened to 100 by now. If you haven't, Matthew in Lansing, you're a disappointment, okay? A big disappointment. Anyway." Uh, I was wondering if you have a take on transplants. I'm born and raised in Brighton and Broomfield. My, bo- my folks both moved to Denver in their 70s and did well for themselves. Enjoy- I enjoyed the Clinton years and bought a house in the 90s. Basically, the American dream. Denver is basically built on transplants, but it's gotten way out of hand. I moved to Michigan two years ago. I thought it was crazy that 90% of the license plates there were Michigan, not Texas or Utah or Illinois or, God forbid, Ohio. The influence of the money that people from other states can bring to Colorado's economy is enough that in a lot of ways, Colorado, especially Denver, is losing its soul. If you could help me out, Scott, I'm trying to figure out what Denver's identity is. I suppose because as much as I will always be a diehard Denver sports fan. I just think Denver kind of sucks. Not saying, just saying. Thanks, De Huff. That's an interesting take, Matthew. And uh, thank you again for sending it in. If you want to send in a message, you can always do so at DeHuffUncensored at com. Yeah, there's a lot of people nowadays. It's it's interesting, just even around here. I live in the Thornton area area. And talking to a lot of neighbors, there's a lot of people around here in the neighborhood that just aren't from Colorado, and it's bizarre. Now, that being said, there's still a good amount of people that have been here the majority of their life, but he's saying that he feels that, that Denver's kind of losing its identity, or he doesn't know what their identity is, and they, they don't really have a soul. I, I can see what where you're going with that, but as somebody that does travel around Denver a little bit, I say a little bit. I think Denver's soul is still there. Now, there's a lot of people from other states still coming in, but ultimately, I still think it's there. And I I would have to say, one of Colorado's identity is still the Mexican culture. You go... In, in any downtown area, there's a, a, a great community of Hispanics. You look at the restaurants down there, there's a lot of great restaurants. I know what you're saying when you say there's a lot of outside influence, but I, I know there's a lot of shit going on with Colorado because it's expanding and a lot of people want to be here. But I don't think it's quite lost its identity as of right now. It's a great place to live. There's a lot of amazing people out here. And like I said, the, the, the food is amazing. And just there's a lot of great people here. I don't know if I really answered that, but I don't, I don't feel it's as bad as you think. But that being said, I know a lot of times when you're on the outside looking in, you might see things a, a little bit differently than me. And it's kind of like when I left the radio station, I see things completely different when I look at radio stations now. Where I feel like I was too close to the situation. Maybe I'm too close to the situation with Colorado because I don't feel like it's lost its identity. I don't think it's confused on what it what it is. I feel like there's just there's a lot of greatness still here. That being said, I can totally see where it's real fucking expensive to live here, and it's a joke trying to find a house or an apartment. That's a whole nother conversation maybe one of these days when I get somebody like Kyle Clark on here or something, somebody that is competent to talk about that type of uh, conversation or have that type of conversation with us I, I appreciate you sending that in I don't think I answered it very well for you but I, I like where Denver's at I love the culture that Denver is and I don't know I, I, fuck off <laughs> fuck off if you're mad that i didn't answer your story. Hey, speaking of great stories, i had Chad Brown on early on during the podcast. And Chad is a great storyteller and i always knew that. And he's an interesting person. Chad Brown being a former CU Buff football player, just amazing football player, got drafted by the Steelers, played for the Steelers several years, played for the Seahawks. And then the Patriots. And I don't know if he played for anybody else, but he had an amazing football career. He was a great player. But he's also really into reptiles, snakes especially. And when I sat down with him, he told some great stories, one of which I'm going to play for you right here because it's so fucking good. Here's Chad Brown earlier on in the podcast.
3: Later on in the trip, Cameron has been talking to me about uh, Cobra shows. Some businessmen, when they come over to Indonesia, they go to the cobra show. The guy handles the cobra, does stuff with the cobra, hacks the cobra's head off, oh. drains blood from the cobra into like a whiskey drink, cuts open the, the bile gland of the cobra, pokes it, drains the bile into this whiskey drink, and they drink this. It's supposed to bring you uh, some good luck. And it's supposed to help you when you when you visit the uh, ladies of entertainment later that night. Oh, OK. So these guys, the cobra guys, also are usually involved some in some ways in, some, in, in the reptile trade. So they buy more than cobras. They may have some other snakes. So we want to go see all the other snakes. So I'm kind of interested in seeing the cobra. I don't want to see a cobra die. Yeah. I'm not down yeah. for that. But, you know, I want to kind of take in the whole experience. So we get there and, you know, the guy's taking us out back where he's got all his snakes stored up. So he's pulling out various types of venomous snakes from Indonesia. Here's some crates, here's different types of cobras. And here's a couple of other venomous snakes, you know, from, from the area. And we're documenting them, we're taking photos, and he's got a really unusually colored crate. Normally they're kind of like a bluish, blackish, and cream. This one's kind of a purple and almost gold, very lakery. It was beautiful, it got some amazing shots of it, only one I've ever seen that, that, that coloration. Uh, and eventually we get to the, the cobras that he uses in the cobra shows and he pulls three of the cobras out and he sets them on this table and they're doing their cobra thing. And they're kind of like cobraing up and striking at each other. And obviously this guy's what he does for a living. He's just chilling, talking and he kind of absentmindedly sits down next to the table where the cobras are and puts his hand down on the edge of the table by the cobras. One of those cobras turns Bam, bites him on his hands. I have my my video camera and I go from the Cobras to my friend Cameron, back to the Cobras, back to my friend Cameron going, did he just get bit? Oh, my God, he just got bit. Oh, my God, he just got bit. So I back away and I still got the camera going. And I've got to put this footage up someplace because you can hear me freaking out Dude, I don't want to see this guy die. Yeah, I didn't come to to see somebody die. We got to get out of here. We got to leave right away. I can't watch this dude die. The guy senses my panic. And he's like, no, I'm okay. I've been bit before. And he starts rubbing his hand. And so we're talking and he's starting to rub his hand a little bit more intensely. I'm like, that thing is burning. Mm-hmm. It's starting to hurt. I've never been bit, but I know that you are in some discomfort right now. And I can see the redness Kind of coming. Well, about a few minutes later, a businessman shows up, wants the Cobra show. Of course, the guy gets the Cobra that bit him, does the Cobra show, you know, hacks off the head, does the whole thing. The guy drinks the Cobra blood, bile, whiskey drink, slams it down. He leaves. And then the guy who got bit, I watch him walk to the edge of this kind of compound, which is kind of back into the jungle, and lean against a tree stump. And I can see his eyes start to kind of roll back in his head and his tongue is starting to swell and he's having some difficulty breathing. And he keeps assuring us that he's going to be fine. I'm like, I'm not going to stay and find out. So we left. So that's my Cobra story.
0: Oh, so you just left him to die. Way to go, Chad.
3: (laughs) He said he was fine. (laughs) He said he'd been bit all the time. And I was not enough for the Indonesian a language barrier to, to, to say, hey, man, I don't trust you. Let me take you to a hospital. He kept insisting, I'm fine. He
0: can't speak. He's like, I'm bad. His tongue's so swollen. <laughs> I'm fine, guys. It's fine. Don't be <gasps> If you haven't heard that full episode of Chad Brown, you got to go back and check it out. It's in the early 20s on this podcast. So again, Chad Brown, it's just an amazing story. He also told a story about dropping into an old train car only armed with a trash can lid and a sack. And he had to combat. There's like a hundred snakes in there. And he had to find like one giant snake and then measure it. It was just, it's a crazy story. He's like a real life superhero in a sense, if the villain is snakes. (laughs) So anyway, by the way, I caught up with Chad Brown while he was covering the Denver Broncos training camp. Chad, real quick, as we're at 200 episodes on DeHuff Censored, you're a big part of that. And do you ever look at yourself in the mirror and go, man, my appearance on the DeHuff Uncensored podcast has really catapulted me into success because before you were on the podcast, you were just a fill-in host. And now you got a regular slot on the fan. How often do you thank me?
3: Uh, every night, you know. Every night when I uh, before I go to bed and I, I say my nighttime prayers, Scott the Huffer's is always included in that. Um, from a, just a pure sense of thankfulness, um, from the bottom of my heart, it's it's you've, you've you've changed the trajectory of my life. Is what you've done. So I, I'm so appreciative. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you doing good? I'm doing very well. Nice. Yes.
0: Right. Thanks, Chad. Yep. All right, there you go. That was Chad Brown. Sorry for the background music freaking football players oh i need music to play hard (laughs) anyway yeah thanks so much to chad brown again go check out his interview early 20s i want to say 23 but i could be wrong and i apologize if i'm wrong but it's very easy to find to huff on censored and then the chad brown you could just google that uh one it'd be good we got more coming your way a lot of great stories that i still need to get to including some more interviews that I have, including a, a, a scary UFO story, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> We're going to get to that. But first, root for safeties this season with your friends at Superbook Sports. If you bet with Superbook this football season, they're going to give you a $50 bonus if a safety is scored on a Sunday from a punter running out of the end zone to the plain old QB sack worth two points. Root for chaos and win money with Superbook this fall. So download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start rooting for two with Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Hey, Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton has an incredible selection of beer, wine, and spirits. Did you know they deliver... They do, and they also have curbside pickup available, and they also do online wine education classes. So stop on by 104th in Thornton or on Sheridan in Westminster and see for yourself. Or you can always find weekly deals, events, or even drink recipes online at TotalBev.com. Total Beverage, everything you need and more. One of the guys I had on in the podcast, it was a little later on, was Scott Hastings in Hastings is one of my favorite guys because I I think at times he's underappreciated for what he does. He's he's a funny guy, very smart, knows his shit. And it's not just basketball. The dude knows hockey. He knows he kind of knows hockey. I shouldn't give him credit for that. But he obviously knows basketball and football. So it's really neat to talk to him, but he's a hilarious guy, and he taught me a lot when it comes to radio comedy so it was neat to sit down and talk with him but i also got a chance to sit uh, to talk with scotty when i was out at broncos training camp and just listen to this whole interaction and just that's just the way scotty is and that's just the way i am with him it's just we we just go back into our old habits of just having fun together hey what's up i'm, I'm sitting here with that was a
1: very uh, subdued opening Hello, what's up?
0: Hi. Hello (laughs) and welcome. I have Scott Hastings here. Scott, you were on the podcast not too long ago. No. As we approach episode 200, have you ever taken a moment to sit back and just embrace what happened, your impact on the podcast since you work with Altitude, who's also, you know, the home of the avalanche. Right, you do nuggets, but they won it. they won the cup. Yeah. Are you able to sit back and realize the impact of you, the power of being on the podcast and how that deflected onto the avalanche and that's what made them win the cup?
1: Well, th- I think two things happened. I-, I think they won the cup and uh, Nancy Pelosi went to Taiwan and it was all because of that one podcast. It was just kind of amazing stuff. Uh, listen, here's what you know. If you have fun. We have nothing to do with anything. That's that's why we tell Bert Booger jokes. I mean, right?
0: Uh, or penis jokes. Or yes, pe- or
1: penis jokes or, or metrosexual to huff jokes or whatever it might be.
0: Do you do any of your characters on the show? I do. I do cowboy. I do Connery. I do Mama. I don't uh, know if Mama you ever heard Mama. Hi,
1: honey. How are oh, you? Yeah, yeah. Scotty, how are you? Oh, my God. Your boobies are so big.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, I do that. I do a bit
0: You don't do the voice of God anymore, do you? No, no. I do preacher voice every now and then. Hello, my friends. I'm yeah. sitting here with a great Scotty. And Steve. you know that voice is just, that's some tombstone,
1: right? That's, I'll be your daisy. I'm,
0: I'm your huckleberry. Okay. Why, Johnny Ringo, you
1: look if someone's walked over. All right, now we got to be honest with everybody. Hey, congratulations, oh. by with two hundred. I Even know That means it's a really significant and uh, and, and a, a, a pat on the back for what you've achieved and been doing, or you're just bored as hell <laughs> and, and keep putting out content and saying, eh, "Listen." Let's, let's talk about random stuff. <laughs> let's talk about random stuff. Anyway, is instant. Hey, now let's show everybody what you got me sitting, standing like this, <laughs> standing like this. So, so, so that we would.
0: <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> I can't even get you in frame. <laughs> <I know. laughs> All right, there you go. Scott Hastings, everybody. I had him doing essentially the splits. His legs were out as far as they could just be, just so he could fit in the frame with me because I did a video on that, and it's he was still taller than me. Because <laughs> Scott is six foot, six foot ten, depending on where you where you get his stats from. He says he's six ten. Some places say he's six eleven. But yeah, that was Scott Hastings. I love Scott Hastings. He's just a funny dude. And the fucking music, man. I hate the music at Broncos training camp. <laughs> it's fucking annoying. <laughs> I asked Ryan Edwards. To send me a video of like some funny favorite moments with him and I when he and I used to work together. So Ryan, being a dick that he is, (laughs) sent me a long fucking email with no video attached. God damn it, Ryan Edwards. Look at me. I'm on a successful show, Broncos Country Tonight on (laughs) 850KOA. Jesus. Dick, now you want me to read words? Are you kidding me? I'll try my best. This is what Ryan wrote. Well, the first thing that always comes to mind when I think back to our time at the Fan was writing the Metrosexual to Huffbit with the, the award-winning Mike and Scott show. The show was so much fun to work on because we got to do some of the goofiest things that I'm pretty sure we'd never get away with now on radio. He's 100% right on that one. Long distance dedications from Casey Huff were also classic, but tailgating tips with metrosexual Huff is still by far my favorite. The specific one that jumps out was when we were writing about orange mocha frappuccinos and you had to pretend like you were getting turned on by the thought of it. And suddenly you shouted, finished <laughs> when reaching the climax of the beverage. That and the other episode where you you audibly made gagging sounds while talking about putting different kinds of hot dogs, brats, and kielbasa in your mouth still warms the cockles of my heart. My uncle would listen to the show, and one time he came up to me at a family gathering to tell me how funny he thought the heterosexual DeHuff was. I don't think I ever corrected him, and honestly, I don't know he would have understood... What metrosexual was anyways. Finally, because this story still comes up to this day, I think about the time I volunteered to call Rich Eisen because Hastings wanted to have him on. You were standing next to me laughing hysterically as Rich screamed curse words at me for calling his personal phone without going through the NFL network first. It certainly wasn't the last time I was screamed at while trying to book a guest, But it's the only time I can remember it happening while someone else was in the room and, of course, laughing at me. Mostly, though, you're still one of the best coworkers I've ever had. Incredibly genuine, hardworking, and ridiculously talented. I'll always be grateful you took me under your wing when I started here in 2009 and absolutely wouldn't still be working in this industry without your guidance and friendship appreciate you letting me submit something for your 200th episode, and I wish you nothing but continued success moving forward. Ryan Edwards. Ryan, thank you so much. And while you wrote a fucking article <laughs> about our, our friendship and our work experience, I do truly appreciate that, Ryan. And I will say this real quick about Ryan. When I left the fan abruptly, and it took everybody off guard when I left, right? Everybody. Ryan was the first person in the radio industry to call me. And he asked, not just like, dude, I can't believe you did that. He was just like, are you okay? Is everything okay? And he was a true kind person, a great friend. So I, I truly thank Ryan for being there and being a supportive person person in my life and you know what and and he he's always been a person that's that's been by my side and encouraging me to do more and when he and I would work on those metrosexual the huff bits yeah we crossed some lines but I couldn't have wrote that without him and you know and vice versa type of thing we we worked well as a team so it was really neat that we got to do that. And I have the audio somewhere. It's the best of Metro Sexual De Huff 2010. Metro. Never invite a lemon. People like Brett, I like to take pictures of my dong, Favre, will just cause other people to want to leave due to him being old and the fact that he likes to take pictures of his wang. That's just gross! EW! That's true. Right. Now if you want to spice things up, and I always suggest that you do, you'll eventually need to take your party up to the next level. May I suggest my favorite drink? Bailey's Irish Cream, Gold Tequila, Coconut Rum, and Purple Tang! It may be hard to find, but that Purple Tang is worth the journey! I call this drink Barney's Crotch. That's right, that's named after my best friend Barney, whom I met at Curves last week. Now Barney's crotch must be sipped with a straw, no exceptions. Now if you're shaving down there, I prefer going with something I like to call the Bob Ross. You need
2: places for the little birds to sit, little birds gotta have a place to put their foots.
0: I love him. Psst, you're just gonna make it bushy. That's it. true. This is a perfect opportunity to clean your grill and weenie rotisserie. <laughs> of course, you could do this the manly way and break out the push broom and garden hose. Look at me, I'm a man. Grr. But in my experience of removing sausage juice or grease, whatever you want to call it, I find using a ripe lemon and soft head toothbrush does the trick. <laughs> true. I snuck behind enemy lines and swapped out his iPod shuffle with my workout buddies, Richard Simpson. I have 450 pair of dolphin shorts from the 80s. Good luck getting people to eat your sausage while they're sweating to the oldies. Um, hey, Huff. Uh, sorry, man, you can't put that in there. That would be offensive. What? Are you serious? Gosh, dang it. That was over the line. All right. All right. I'll pull it out. Metro. <laughs> If you want to spice it up, and I always suggest you do, there's a great shop on Broadway that sells vibrating glow sticks. Although, buyer beware. Mike Evans chipped his tooth on one last year. So be careful. That's true. What's a nighttime tailgate party without a H.O.T. hot tub? Now, I'm a cheap bastard and would never spring for an actual hot tub for my guests, so I usually invite a friend that owns a pickup truck, then lay out five pounds of caulk to fill the cracks in the bed. BTW, when shopping in New England, it's pronounced CAC. Hook up a fish tank water heater, add water, and you're good to go. They could never be played again, like Ryan said, on the airwaves, because they're just too offensive. Way too offensive. I don't know if you guys remember this. Not too long ago, I interviewed Schlereth and Evans. That was supposed to be part of this episode because I made a special trip down to the radio station. I was like, let's. I just want to get a quick soundbite from them, something goofing around. I was thinking maybe something like a minute or two minutes long. That's it. That's all I was doing. But then we sat down, ended up doing 30 minutes or so with Schlereth and Evans. It was great. I ended up releasing it. I think episode 191 is what it was, something like that. So if you if you miss that episode, you know, it's worth going back and listening. Got it's w- quickly becoming one of my most popular episodes, so go back and check it out, Shlairth and Evans on with me. But I do want to play a soundbite. This is what didn't make it to the podcast, but it kind of gives you an insight of what you have to deal with when you have talent. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. Do I have absolutely. your attention? Yes. Mark, by <laughs> <Right>. undivided <laughs> attention, Scott, you have. <laughs> I had to force him to turn, put his phone down. He was sitting there dicking around on his phone. Schlereth was like, "Come on, dude, <laughs> really, really, Mark, that's how you're going to treat me after you broke my ribs? That's how you're going to treat me?" I ran into Trey Wingo, Mark's uh, probably his best friend, at least in in the media. I guess it would, I would say. Trey Wingo, one of the greatest talents out there in media. I ran into him while I was covering the Super Bowl this past year in Los Angeles, and I had a chance to interact and have some fun with Trey Wingo. What's up, it's De Huff. I'm on Radio Row, and I think I finally got the guy that can protect me from Mark Schler. Brother, I will protect
4: you against that evil man because he picked on you when he was much bigger than you, and it was not cool. It was not cool, Stink. I'm telling you right now, not cool. That's right, brother. We're coming for you.
0: (laughs) Trey Wingo, like, it's funny because I ran into him the first, maybe the first or second day I saw him. And before I even got to finish my sentence, he's like, oh, you're Stink's former producer. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he he just fucking remembered. And then I was like, yeah, I want to do a quick video with you goofing around uh, about Stink breaking my ribs and stuff. He's absolutely, I'll run back into you and we'll figure it out. And like he walked by me like an hour or two later, he's all, maybe in about twenty minutes. I'm like, okay, cool. And then sure enough, I I go and stock him a little bit, and he's like, yeah, let's uh, let's do it real quick. And we just that's all improv. Him and I just screwing around, having fun and good sport about it, having fun poking fun of his his best friend. So it was it was kind of neat. Going back to the great listeners of this podcast, Nicole sent in a message saying that she had her favorite moment. And I got to be honest, it's one of my favorites, too. I can't deny it just because I wasn't expecting to go with this. And then it happened. And well, let's just go into the story. A sailfish stabbed a 73 year old woman through the groin the sailfish is right around 100 pounds and they have that sword thingy on the the end of their face and they can reach right around 68 miles per hour so it starts charging at the boat and it jumped out of the water and impaled this lady right in the growing hey speaking of getting impaled in the growing how's your mother connery that was good okay i'm not gonna lie that was good but fuck you connery how frightening is that? This is what pop, popped in my head when I saw growing. Is like it gets her the, there, and she starts screaming.
2: It got me in the <laughs> pussy. Ah, it got me in the <laughs> pussy.
0: Sorry, sorry. I know. I overstepped the boundary. But that's what popped in my head. Then the guys are like, wait, where did it get her? It got her in the pussy. <laughs> oh, my God. Poor thing. It can do that? Wow. Anyway, now the lady's pregnant. I'm just kidding. She's 73 years old. Of course not. I think we learned a lot in this episode. And remember, if you see a sailfish, watch out for your junk, okay? Because it'll get you right in the pussy or the weenie, okay? It'll get you. She got stabbed in the pussy. (laughs) Listen, going into that episode, I didn't think that that's what I was going to talk about, getting stabbed in the growing or the pussy, as uh, some might say or I said, so that was, that was funny. I didn't plan on that. Like a lot of times, like people are like, I can't believe you said that. Like, do you go into that thinking that that's what you're going to talk about or go into as far as that, that weirdness? And I'm like, no, I honestly did not think that I was going to say she got stabbed in the pussy until I said she got stabbed in the pussy. That's just the way it goes. So it's, it's interesting how things work out. Doug wrote in, I love the podcast. I listen all the time. I want you to or I want to know what your favorite story is. That's an interesting one. And I gotta be honest, it's a dead body that was sent to the lab via FedEx, but never arrived. In 2019, a partially decomposed body was found underneath an inflatable mattress. The medical examiner decided to send the body to St. Louis a lab via FedEx for only $32 and 61 cents. By the way, side note, that seems like a great price to send a body. So it's been three years. They can't find the fucking body. Here's the thing. Where did this end up? Cause I'm sorry. If it gets delivered to my house by accident, I open it up. Guess what I'm doing? I'm calling the police. Hey, got a weird package in the mail. Yes, sir. What's what's in the package? Well, it's a human remains. Did you order human remains, sir? Nope. Can't say that I have. Did anybody in your family order human remains, sir? Hold on, let me check. Honey, kids, anybody order uh, human remains in the mail via FedEx? No. Okay. Yeah, they said no. Okay, that is weird. I'm wondering if somebody got it. It was going to a laboratory. Maybe they thought it was drugs. And they're like, yeah, let's get high off some laboratory drugs. And they open it up like, oh, my God, are we supposed to ground it up and smoke it? I don't understand. Todd, God damn it. No. Well, maybe I don't know. Such a jacked up story. Somebody out there has it. You know, somebody out there has it. It arrives somewhere. What? The, who doesn't fucking turn that in? A serial killer. That's why. They're like, oh, well, this is fun. New decorations. (laughs) Speaking of creepy, remember the Halloween special? That was fun. And it was really special to me because I got to have my dad join the podcast. And what's crazy about that is he passed away in 1984. But as I was prepping for that specific podcast, that Halloween special, I remembered that I had some old audio of him telling some stories of some crazy supernatural things that had happened to him uh, long before I was born, and he was going through Denver Seminary to become a minister, and part of that process is you have to sit down with the tape recorder in front of people and tell your story, whether it's spiritual, supernatural, anything like that. Basically, what's leading you to where you're at right now so here's my dad sharing a story of some craziness that happened a long time ago
2: some of the experiences that i went through that i did not talk about in new hampshire i had uh, an empty house experience that scared me to the point where and it sounds funny but i was so scared i got out into the truck i started to cry uncontrollably and i literally had diarrhea for three days because of my nerves And the thing that scared me more than anything else, we had a kitchen about this long, okay. I walked down, got the vitamins, walked back up to this end of the room, grabbed the light switch, and mainly checking to make sure I had everything, uh, all set, because we were heading for the motel. I saw that covered door at the other end of the room, okay. Here I am, I'm looking literally slam that hard, you know, that scared Because I, before I heard the, down uh, the, uh, downstairs garbage sacks get uh, moved around as I was coming up. Okay? Question. I tried to duplicate. I tried to duplicate closing the door hard, closing the door soft, or walking to the other end of the kitchen i didn't many days? i worked on it day i could
0: not do this. one of the other great episodes out there was the mysteries of dia episode that one i believe is in my top 3 all time most listened to podcast if you haven't done it go check it out i believe it's episode 41 go 41 gee i'm so bad at this episode 42 i believe and then the next episode, episode 43, I actually interviewed my stepdad, and he talked about his role in saving thousands of Vietnamese during the fall of Saigon. So two great episodes back-to-back. Back. But ultimately, the one I get a lot of people talking about is The Mysteries of D.I.A., because it was just is really interesting, and I got to sit down with somebody that works out there, and they talked about all these conspiracy theories that are out there And as this person had been out there for over 20 years, he basically is shutting down all these conspiracy theories because this guy's smart and he's there. He's not somebody from the outside going, those crazy paintings mean this or that. And no, 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 they don't. So that's a great episode to go listen to. But this is one of my favorite sound bites from a guest of all time. I have not seen the veins on its anus. (laughs) But definitely something I'm going to have to take a look at when I go in uh, one of these days. He's talking about Blucifer's anus (laughs) Uh, at DIA. You know that big giant blue horse? (laughs) The artist who passed away uh, put in some amazing details, including a veiny anus. And what's also funny is that kind of interacts with Rob, my neighbor, who listens to the podcast, and he was telling me that he was working out, he was lifting some weights, and he almost dropped the weights on himself because it was that point when he says, veiny anus, like he he just wasn't expecting that, and he almost dropped the weights on him. He almost died because he's listened to the podcast. And that's just, I love that. (laughs) I love hearing stories like that. I almost died because you guys made me laugh so hard. That is a compliment, by the way. I used to get that a lot when I worked at the fan. We would do something. And again, like most of our stuff, it's, it's all improv. And when we'd get a message from somebody saying, dude, I almost crashed my car or I just spit my coffee all over my computer. Now I'm in trouble. Thanks a lot, but that was funny. Or I peed a little in my pants. Those are compliments when you're trying to be funny. And, and so I, I, like, I like hearing that. Now, kind of going back to my neighbor, Rob, he had been telling me that he had this great UFO story that he wanted to share. And it was one of those things where he's, he's constantly busy, I'm busy, all this shit. So we just never could get our schedule straight. So I ran into him the other day out front, stuck a microphone in front of his face. And I was like, tell me the fucking story now, Rob. So here's Rob's story about his UFO experience.
4: It was uh, back in Chicago, or southwest suburbs of Chicago. It was mid-80s, you know, probably 85, 86, maybe even 87, somewhere around there. Um, if anybody's from the Midwest, you know how hot the summers are. And, of course, we grew up with didn't have AC. And I remember it was late one night. It was probably about, I don't know, maybe 9 or 10 o'clock at night. I'm laying in bed. And it's hot, we got the fan on, you know, we we would push our beds up against the window um, and then turn the fan on and just lay there in your underwear because it was just doing everything you could to cool off. And um, I remember it being so bright outside, I remember lights reflecting off the street and kind of making my room bright. So I couldn't sleep, so I remember I got up and I, I went into the living room and told my mom and dad that you know it was bright outside, I couldn't sleep, and my dad, of course, yelled at me and, and told me to get my butt back in the bed and I need to go to sleep and, and uh, be a good little boy. And so I did, and <clears throat> I finally climbed into bed and I shoved my head underneath the pillow and I was laying there, and it was probably a half hour later and I kind of started to drift off to sleep. And um, then all of a sudden I, I heard my, my mom kind of yell and go, Bobby, Bobby, what is that outside? And my dad, I could hear him yell um, kind of in his manner as he did. And he said he didn't know what it was. And then I heard the screen door open. And then my dad, I heard him kind of run outside. And then my mom started yelling at my dad for him to get back inside the house. And she's yelling, Bobby, get back in the house. They're going to take you. You're in your underwear. Get back in the house. And so I popped up out of bed and, and looked outside and saw my dad in the front yard standing there in his, you know, 1980s tidy whities with the the red and blue stripe on the top. I think they were the loom, if I remember right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I remember I got up and I ran into the living room and and my mom yelled at me and told me to get back inside and get back into bed and and close my window and and um, shut my door. And of course I was not going to do that because it was 100 degrees outside plus you know 90 something humidity or 90 something percent humidity. And uh, so I looked out the window and. There was these three bright lights that formed kind of a triangle up in the sky, a few blocks kind of away from our house. We had a cornfield that backed up to kind of where we lived and uh, this object just moved. It just started coming towards us and it just hovered over the top of our house and then all of a sudden another one appeared and that one did the same thing. It just floated on by. No, There wasn't a single noise. There was nothing. It was just three bright lights and it was on the formation of a pyramid or a triangle and as that second one passed over then a third one appeared and passed over and then a fourth one appeared and passed over and then i think maybe a fifth one hit and it was gone never to be seen again and that was it and it's never i'll never forget though my dad standing out in the front yard in chicago in his or southwest suburbs of chicago in his underwear while my mom's screaming and yelling frantically that they're going to take him um yeah that that's my that's my my ufo story
0: thanks so much to rob with that story that'd be funny though that would be my luck if if there was a ufo i'd be like naked or i'd be going to the bathroom and then i'd just have to like run outside people are like, oh my god that that's an alien yeah but look at that guy that's disgusting <laughs> does he even have a penis <laughs> is his penis scared oh shut up guys you're mean ah. This comes in from Mike R. The only thought I've had about your 200th episode is an audio montage for all your best audio soundbites, a, a montage of inappropriate audio layered over music and of some sort. Uh, it, it would be a, a laugh at that. I uh, can't really say that I have a moment that stands out above the rest. Just keep up the good work. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's a lot of work, Mike. Are you kidding me? Fuck, man. You know how long it took me just to get all the sound from this shit? Are you kidding me? Or are you fucking kidding me? No, I seriously, I wanted to do it, but I didn't. But I will play you this audio about yoga pants. My wife suggested this one. And I got to be honest, I completely disagree with her. She said yoga pants need to stop. Yeah, I know. I couldn't, uh, you know, disagree more. I imagine they're super comfortable. Let's be honest. Women, you wear those and guys are going to be constantly checking you out. Yes, they do. I know it's inappropriate. I'm not saying I do it. It's all the other guys. Maybe I'll start wearing them. (laughs) Oh my God, that would be hilarious. And not tell my wife and just show up. Hey, ready to go to the store? Do you have... An old Tootsie Roll in your pants, Scott. No, leave me alone. <laughs> that's a bad image. I'm sorry. I did that to you. Now you have that weird, awkward image of your in your head of me doing the podcast wearing yoga pants. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, my wife hates that clip because I misunderstood her. She didn't say there's anything wrong with yoga pants. I just, that's what I went with. <laughs> And uh, she's like, I didn't say there's anything wrong with yoga pants. Listen, neither do I. But let's just be honest. It worked for the bit. It did. So back off, honey. Back off. Hey, real quick. I do want to say a special thanks. And, and I'm definitely going to start with my wife, Brandy. She is, you know, the reason why I'm able to do this is she's very supportive. And she's always been my biggest like I said, supporter when it comes to doing what I need to do. So I want to say thanks to her. I love her. And the person that reached out to me and said that he would be more than willing to help and see where we can take this is Nate Lundy. He leads the way over at Mile High Sports and, of course, Mile High Life. Nate Lundy and the crew at at those places are just phenomenal, and I'm so thankful to have their support And be alongside them. So thanks to them. And if you haven't checked out Mile High Life, you got to do it. Just you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, stuff like that. They got a lot of really cool stuff going on. I also want to say thanks to my brother, Chris and his family out in Australia. Even though it's long distance, he was he's been there encouraging me the whole way through. And as somebody that's is taking a leap in order to uh, achieve success, you know, he's somebody good to to whisper in my ear every now and then be like, dude, if you want to achieve success, sometimes you just got to break free from what you're doing and and take a risk. And that's what he did. And that's what I'm doing. And right now it's paying off. So also want to say thanks to my mom and my stepdad. But ultimately I want to thank all of you guys. You guys are amazing. How much you guys interact with me on the podcast is amazing. Whether it's via email or social media, you guys are phenomenal, and, and there's a lot of people in the media that have been supporting me as well. James Merrillat, of course, Mark Schlereth, Mike Evans, Raj Sharon, the the boss over at 104.3 The Fan. Let's see, Sandy Clough, Alfred Williams. Jeez, uh, the the list goes on and on. Cecil Lammy, Nick Ferguson. And uh, although he's not over at the fan anymore. I'm supposed to get Nick on, but he hasn't returned my text. The fuck, Nick? Fuck. And Chad Brown, of course. There's so many great people. Jeez. uh, Brandon Stokely. Zach By. So many people. Even Brandon Cristal. (laughs) Brandon's a little shit sometimes. But I, I, I respect him. And he's a great guy. Uh, so, thanks so much to all of you guys. Susie Wargen. Oh, my God. See, I could keep going and keep going. There's just so many people out there. Benny Bash. Benny's over uh, at KBPI South, and he's just a great supporter of mine, o- always uh, talking to me on social media in regards to my videos. If you haven't checked out any of my great videos, just uh, go to any social media site, search, search DeHuff. Usually it's DeHuff Podcast, something like that depending. Yeah. There is somebody that has my old Instagram account. Basically the ol- the only Instagram account that you need to know right now is to huff uncensored. That's my podcast handle. So go check that out, to huff uncensored. Thank you guys so much. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Give it a nice review, five stars or I will hunt you down. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Anyway, thanks so much to Superbook Sports, Blake Street Tavern, Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton, Veritas Fine Cannabis. Go check all those places out because they are helping me stay afloat and helping make this podcast succeed. Thanks so much to Ryan Edwards, Chad Brown, Scott Hastings, Mark Schlereth, Mike Evans for contributing to this episode. Rob, my neighbor, you did great. Awesome story. Thank you guys so much. Let's continue to try to be happy and bring happiness to others. Let's keep moving forward. Let's be kind, smile, all that shit. And if, if you don't want to be happy in life, go eat a bag of dicks, okay? There you go. There you go. Eat a bag of dicks. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Hopefully you laughed in this episode. Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.